Kia ora, I'm Andrew from Aru Video in Wellington, New Zealand, and welcome to episode 19 of Back to the Disc Player, a podcast inspired by our Adopt-A-Movie scheme, enabling film lovers to purchase an exclusive lifelong affiliation with a title in our library, or an acquisition that we may not have. It's where I get to talk to our customers about their personal connection to the film or films they've chosen to adopt, and for us to find out a bit about them too. This episode follows on from our 30th birthday episode and was one I had originally earmarked for that occasion because it's so directly related to what we do here, namely discussing the merit of the films themselves. It's a discussion with film student Jack McGee and I think it's our most intriguing episode yet because it's about two people from two very different generations who are equally passionate about film culture. One is Jack himself and the other was neither in the room nor is someone that Jack's ever met. Now, if you're a user of the Arrow Video website, you'll probably be familiar with a prolific user reviewer known as Tubbs. Well, Jack's made a five-minute documentary film about his obsession with this person and his film opinions. Jack's film's called Knowing Tubbs, and it's a funny, honest, and oddly touching film that feels very much of the zeitgeist in film students speak. And yes, I am biased because it's about my store as well, but I do think it's an astute comment on a day and age when anyone can find a platform for their opinions and impact a cultural ripple effect, as it were. And also this phenomenon of human connectivity without having to have face-to-face contact. Jack also has a host of opinions of his own and gives me plenty of them, particularly about the 100 films and 30 years list we put together to mark our 30th birthday. Uh, which I think is pretty cheeky considering he completely missed the 1990s on account of not having been born yet. And also Jack has adopted a couple of movies uh, in our library. Uh, You'll find out what those are. I do hope you enjoy this pretty interesting conversation with my guest, Jack McGee. Well, welcome Jack to Upstairs at Aro Video. Uh, Great to have you here. Um, And... uh, this is a place that you are well familiar with, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I would say that's a pretty true statement. <laughs> we were just talking before you came in about how the pinball machine used to be on like a free play mode for the past mm-hmm. three weeks, and how, I'm not going to lie, we've spent a, probably a few hours total in here just sitting away at that one of us on each button. Right. Yeah. So you shared a pinball experience. Oh, yeah. And long hours up here, which I'm sure Simon can attest to. <laughs> on Fridays, we do sure, disappear but you've spent up here. plenty of time uh, perusing the shelves and renting videos, it must be said. Yes, yes that would also <laughs> be true. Uh, so this is with your, your, your mates uh, Esteban yes. and Shark? Yes, Esteban and Shark, as in, yeah. as in the, the, the aquatic animal. Yes. And you guys are film students, all? Yes, now all. Yep, and uh, you have been coming here for for quite a few years. So, um, and you're, um, if you don't mind me asking, you are, well, you are the youngest person I've had on the podcast. Yeah, and uh, this is episode number nineteen, and I wondered if that was a, <laughs> a, a serendipitous uh, number. Well, you know, you got in right in time because given given another month or two, I would be twenty, and wonderful, you know, it wouldn't line up as well. Good. We did actually yeah, delay this um, uh, a couple of times, um, but I was excited to uh, have you as a prospect on the podcast, and I really did. I always had it in the back of my mind. You were on the long list, but it was brought forward because um, because of a project that you'd worked on that directly involved our video. Uh, 
Yes. Uh, so we're going to talk about that a bit later. Um, that's uh, but something, um, a, f- a film that you've made um, about a, a customer of ours. Yeah, some, some mild stalking. <laughs> um. So I first wanted to just talk about uh, you, you being a, a film student. So really what, when uh, getting the, the film bug uh, as a, a college student, high school student... Yeah. And um, and you guys were fairly unusual as customers of our video in the last few years because uh, you were not kids in the sense that you were being brought in by your parents uh, to, to rent movies, but you were proactively really interested in film. So just tell us about those first, first time you became a customer. Um, well, when Esteban and I were about... 15, 16, we were big regulars at Video Time in Kandala, um, which I think is now closed down. Um, but we went there, you know, we'd get out the same kind of five movies a week that we did. We still do now, but we don't necessarily watch all of. But we did definitely during our last year of high school. Um, and eventually we sort of ran out of movies to a certain extent, or in the, or in the sense that we would start finding out about things that we wanted to see that Video Time did not have and then for my birthday my my parents actually bought me an R video 10 trip mm. and i came in and then i sent esteban a text and i was like all right well we've got to move over here mm. and then we uh, for a while we had like sort of under the tail deal with you <laughs> where we split a student subscription and now no longer existent student subscription because we were the only people using it somehow <laughs> um and we'd just come in pretty much every week and rent a ridiculous amount of movies mm. especially during that first year when we were finishing high school and mm. it was like I, I mean I don't think any of us are you know social outcasts who just spend a lot of time in basement watching movies but like we were able to get through at least a movie a day which yep. was I mean by, by my estimation yeah you were you were, you were cranking through them at, at quite a rate um, the um, so you've left high school and you've become a university yes. student and you're majoring in film or tell us what's I'm going on I'm majoring there. in film and theatre um, which is a pretty natural combination to kind of go together mm-hmm. um, but I'm also I mean I've done more courses at the writing school so I've done a minor there twice over <laughs> just in that they're far more interesting and engaging yep. and a lot more fun mm-hmm. but don't yep. really contribute to a greater degree Right, so so what what is the writing involved? In, or what, what well, kind of... Vic has the International Institute of Modern Letters, which is maybe the most mm. ridiculous name for what it is, which is just uh, classes of 12 people where they have like a writer of a particular medium come in and then you just write mm-hmm. for like a trimester mm. and you get feedback from everyone and you share it back and forth and it's... This is something you've been in... You've done. I've done. I've yeah. done a fair few of these. So I've had people like right. I did theatre writing with Gary Henderson, which was phenomenal, you know, and nonfiction with Harry Ricketts, which was um, I got into with my original piece at high school. I wrote about tubs. <laughs> that was my submission. So that's obviously been on the back burner for a while. Right. But no. Um, but, but that's all sort of been leading towards screenwriting, which right, is what okay. I'm really so, into. So what's the full name of the Modern Letters? The uh, International uh, Institute of Modern, modern Letters. Modern Letters, right. Okay. As da- Damien Wilkins. Yeah, that's what he runs. So isn't that something that you... is is very... Um, there's only very limited places and you have to, to qualify? Yes. Uh, go through a rigorous process of initiation? Well, 
the undergrad courses are 12 seats and you sort of have to send in submissions to get in. And during my last year at high school, I had a really lovely English teacher and I basically said to her, I want to get into these courses. They are second year courses. Can you help me write some good submissions and elbow my way in? And she said, sure. So I sort of just aggressively emailed my way into the courses in in first year. And then from there, they sort of just kind of lead into each other. Excellent. Um, Mm. Which has been good fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've learnt a lot and all the screenwriting stuff I've done there because I did TV writing last trimester was really interesting. Mm. So that's something that you want to pursue so you're as a, as a, a movie uh, fan and somebody who for someone of um, uh, you know who's still very young you, you've watched a lot of films and you, your knowledge is pretty pretty impressive. Yeah. So this is something that's that you've been feeding into your ambitions uh to make films i think so i mean i think like anything it's just fun to kind of do as much of it as you can and i mean you know if i'm 19 years old and i'm obsessed with it what else should i be doing than just attacking and making shit you know and and seeing what happens exactly yeah um which is which is good fun I mean, that's led to lots of little things. Like we did, we did that tall shorts thing, which we also shot here, <laughs> um, where we did a, this competition where you shot like a short film for like a cell phone aspect ratio, and we had a friend of ours come in and pretend to work here and shot a scene, uh-huh. which I'm not sure if you saw. But no, I don't think so. That one shot of our video is now in the reel that tall shorts is using for their competition this right. year. Okay. So if you look for like the ad for it, there is a very brief shot of. Been sitting at the desk of our video, mm. which I thought was very funny. Right, cool. So tall shorts is is in um, p- portrait. Yes, uh, that's um, the ratio. Yeah, yeah. I see. I think it's run by Spark or something. Right. Like it's reasonably. Yeah, Not sure. Did you ever see the viral video that went out about ten years ago, which which um, satirised the v- vertical uh, screen? I mean, there, there was. I was yeah. nine. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Thanks for that. <laughs> and you're also, um, you have a big appetite for going to see movies on the big screen. You're, you're there yes. with bells on and a lot of premieres and stuff like that. So you, you make a point of seeing everything and anything or how does yes. that work? Well, yeah, definitely since high school, the, the two of us and then the three of us have always tried to go and see something in cinema or some theatre every week if we can afford it. Mm-hmm. And we're very big on seeing bad things or things that we're pretty sure we're not going to enjoy because that's almost often more fun Mm. (laughs) you know i think the only thing i wouldn't be super eager to go and see is something really middle of the road like Mm -hmm. a kind of 4 p.m in the afternoon penthouse cinema kind of movie is the only thing that i would rather not go see so is there something about seeing teenage trash that makes you feel slightly superior i don't know if it's that because i think (laughs) when you're in high school there's like a little bit of like no there's a lot of like ego and like bigotry and like oh man you know i've seen i don't know what did i seen like i probably felt superior for having seen Shaun of the dead you know on on some level and then i found that as we started to go to more and more things and try to actually see why people enjoyed it and come at it Mm -hmm. like a little bit more empathetically Mm -hmm. you slowly became less of an arsehole (laughs) <laughs> like, I really enjoyed going to trash horror movies. Like, 
the Conjuring ones in particular, because it's so much fun to see just how violently people respond mm. to like Annabelle three. Mm. You know, mm. it's 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 it's. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I can imagine that being. Uh, I wondered why I wasn't really getting it with those movies. Yeah, and it's because not seeing it with an audience and the way you're talking. Yeah, uh, because in the cold light of day, I find them pretty well, pretty laughable. I I kind of, I think I kind of hate the Conjuring franchise in right. that it's so 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 Christian, <laughs> like to the point where it's like it's it's sort of just like shoveling it down your throat and i find it very strange like how successful movies that are essentially like pretty much like religious propaganda (laughs) to an extent are so popular Mm. you know Mm -hmm. on top of just being not super well done horror you know Mm. Mm. um you mentioned shawn of the dead and that's something that we did talk about on the last on the on the podcast episode for our um, with our staff um, as it was featured on the, the top 100 films of um, of the last 30 Thankfully, years as, as considering the, you were going to put Hot Fuzz up there <laughs> yep so we did we did I did mention that, that we had a wee bit of a poll and uh, and I had to con- concede uh, to uh, to Shaun of the Dead winning out but you you were you were somebody that was clearly not on the fence about that one no because um, you've adopted it in in our library I have I think I adopted it pretty much the week after you introduced adopt a movie um because that going through high school and until fairly recently was far and away my favorite movie that was sort of like my wow this got me into film you know like Link Ladder going to the cinema and seeing Raging Bull or like something like that to uh-huh. a certain extent. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no. Although definitely now, I feel slightly differently about it, even though I still really like it. Sure. So with Shaun of the Dead, when you were watching a film that really that is a parody, that is a, that is a satire, and you probably knew that going in. Mm. Um, the uh, had you seen the films that they were parodying no not at all no so your experience of that would have been quite um what experience had you had before that of of horror genre or well satire before Shaun of the Dead I was (sighs) what was it that struck you about the film that that really appealed um I sort of stuck my nose up at horror definitely as a kid less out of like oh this is lesser than me and more out of like God, I one kid told me about like Freddy Krueger on the playground, and I couldn't sleep for like two weeks. Mm. You know, and I'm I'm not going to touch that. But um, <laughs> since I have, I'm I, you know, it was like a therapeutic exercise. I marathoned all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies with with a close friend, and we got through this. Uh, um, I've nice. gone over this fear, you know, but <laughs> until like embarrassingly recently, <laughs> it was something that was quite close to me. Um, but no, so. Shaun of the Dead, um, my parents had sort of hyped up for quite a long time because both of them are quite into films. It's something that they'd really enjoyed. It. And when I watched it, I don't think I really watched it as a satire in the, to the extent that Shaun of the Dead works as a movie as pretty much a straight zombie movie that is also funny. Mm. You know, like, I would go as far to say as, like, it's a horror comedy in the sense that, like, horror and comedy are pretty equal in that. Like, it's not really... Like uh, I don't know Beetlejuice or something, mm. where like it's much heavier on heavier on the comedy. 
Mm. Um, and when you're like 13, 14, it's like a breath of fresh air because not only is it funny and at points scary, like that scene where, um, what's his name, is it Phil, the obnoxious guy, gets his guts torn out by the zombies mm. was, a, was a lot for mm. <laughs> someone who hadn't sure. really seen anything beforehand. Yeah. But it, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a good straight movie. And then the more I watched it, the more I started to realize what film could do. Like just mm. that scene where he walks to the supermarket and then... And mm. in, in the, in the f- yeah. opening sort of five minutes or so. And it's just like, mm. oh, you know, I, everyone's kind of meandering around. Mm. And then he does the same walk again and does not notice that everything has become like zombified yeah. Yeah. was such a moment for me of like, oh, wow, this is interesting mm. storytelling. This is sort of opening my mind up to the potential yeah. of all these things. But the the, the the gore in it, that was something that you hadn't uh, no, confronted before. So not that at all. stuck with you. Oh. Did you. So there was a certain taboo breaking yeah. involved in it as well. Which is interesting because I've since become like a bit of a horror nut. Um, and Esteban, you know, uh, his parents, his mum's like a psychologist or something. So she raised him on like Honolowski and his dad's like a genre film dude. So raised him on like action films and horror schlock mm. so sort of once they started getting into this it was like there was this guy next to me who had already seen everything and we right. were like 16 right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah cool so uh, you're um so you're still compared to hot fuzz you still think it's um well hot fuzz is 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 also a good movie but it's it's i feel like it says less and it's sillier and Shaun of the dead feels like a first picture in the sense that it's like boom this is a new visual style this is things we have to say this is like an evolution of like the kind of tone of spaced and we're making it mm. just kind of bombastic yeah spaced being the the tv series that yeah Edgar Wright and simon Pegg did prior to yes to Shaun of and the Dead. Yeah. i can't remember the name of the woman who's in it but no i can't either. she plays it wasn't tampson greg no i don't no. think so but no. she plays the woman who Sean runs into multiple times in Sean of the Dead mm. with a group of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But you say you've moved on from Sean of the Dead, though. So, so does that feel a bit? I think there's something hard about watching the rom-com format where the loser guy turns himself around to be with the stronger female character. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think in of itself that format is necessarily bad. But I think there are so many of those movies and quite often they really fail to evolve mm. to the point where it can be a, occasionally just like slightly unfulfilling viewing experience. Mm. And I don't really think that's like totally put me off Sean of the Dead in the slightest. Like I still adore that movie. Mm. But when I watch it, it's definitely something that's slightly grating me. Not necessarily like me calling out Edgar Wright, like, wow, man, <laughs> you know, this yeah. is this is immature filmmaking. It's just conforming to a template Yeah, that, that, that is a little bit... The more you uh, watch of packed. that template, mm. I mean, this is like the most university student headspace of just like, whoa, man, I've, I've seen The Matrix, I understand, you know, like, cinema. <laughs> 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 but that's fine <laughs> you, you go for it it's i mean you must agree the more you see of a certain mm. template mm. the harder it becomes to enjoy things Definitely. within that template so just just saying that and i um 
on, on Shaun of the Dead, the only reason that I prefer Hot Fuzz as a, as a film yeah. is because, probably for that very reason, yeah. that, the la- that the finale just felt like I'd seen it all before. So it wasn't adding anything to that which I'd already yeah. um, uh, experienced with the original George Romero films. Yeah. So, Jack, is there a, with your second adoption choice, was there a certain amount of... Um, Comp- compensating for that, um, um, that, uh, that if, if it was it was done choice. poorly because Casey Affleck's the male in it um, no it's <laughs> so what's the name of your, your other film um, a ghost story um, mm-hmm. and there's actually a little bit of a story behind that and that mm-hmm. so two years ago the Paramount closed down um, and the last movie quotation marks they showed because I think there may have been another movie that finished slightly later was a ghost story Mm-hmm. And I'd already seen it in the festival, and I adored it. And I was like, there's something so perfect about going to see this movie about place and things passing, about seeing that movie at the Paramount. Mm-hmm. So a bunch of us went, and we all went. And I talked to the dude there, and I said, yo, can I have your ghost story poster when you guys properly shut down? And he was like, oh, yeah, all good, all good. Come back in, like, a, a week. And I was like, sick. So we went and saw it, and it was, it was beautiful. It was awesome. It was even better the second time. It's, it's mm-hmm. a phenomenal movie. Mm-hmm. Um... And I came back a week later and I bought two of the seats from the Paramount, which are now in my my shed. (laughs) Um, I traded numbers with, there was some other dude there grabbing them who was like, I specifically want those two numbers that you have. And I was like, all right, go on. That's all good. (laughs) Um, But uh, I get back and the guy's like, oh yeah, I just gave the ghost story poster to someone. And I was like, oh god damn it. Okay. All right. Because now I was set on this. Mm. So then I think it was like maybe a few months later. You were like, adopt, uh, if you adopt so-and-so movie, you get the poster. And I was like, oh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> all right. Uh, I don't have to buy Ghost Story because I can just come in and rent it. And I get the poster for it. And it's a beautiful poster. Well, exactly. Yeah. However, I have to call Andrew out on this. He had two posters for this movie couldn't find one and the one he gave me has this huge rip in the corner it's not huge which has been taped up okay it's a huge rip in the corner it's not a huge rip in general um look if ever i unearth the original poster because our posters are in disarray and have been for years yeah you'll be the first person to know oh i'm I'm glad yeah sorry about that it's okay it was uh i don't know but um still up on my wall my framed poster of Good. Boss Baby. Um, but it is it is a phenomenal movie, though. I have to agree with you. Um, but you're not a fan of Casey Affleck. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm too young to be starting drama with Edgar Wright and Casey Affleck. No, um, I don't know anything more about Casey Affleck than the rest of the internet does. All I know no. is that he is a controversial figure because of the there were like two lawsuits while he was shooting that one Joaquin Phoenix weird documentary where he pretends to be a rapper for a while um, from women who uh, were claiming his, not the I'm not here yeah that I think one. it's that one yeah. and then I think settlements were drawn but I don't I don't know anything more than that okay see I'm not up with the the controversy with Casey Fleck and if he has some beef with Edgar Wright is that what <laughs> no, no that was me suggesting? referring to earlier when I was <laughs> complaining about it. Right. right um and rom-com format mm. um but no yeah i i don't know anything more than anyone else but he's definitely 
at least somewhat controversial at the moment. And when he was that whole Manchester by the Sea Oscar race was quite surprising to a lot of people because mm. they thought he was maybe a little bit too loaded a candidate to win. Mm-hmm. That being said, he's an incredible actor, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. not knowing much about his mm-hmm. character. And both Manchester by the Sea and Ghost Story. Oh, both terrific movies. Yeah. So they were they were they were on the long list for our our top one hundred um, yes. in thirty years, um, and uh, didn't make it for various reasons. But they're, they're, they're fantastic movies. But um, so Shaun of the Dead did make it in. It did. Um, right next were... to my other favorite movie, which is Lost in Translation. And I was right. very happy to see the two next to each other. Sure. But you had one or two bones to pick with me over how the May, final one hundred did four or five to like a, a hundred, sure. you know, yeah, which is not too bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you were telling me earlier how much delight you're getting out of provoking all of the Wellington film nerds with your with your picks. Oh, wouldn't quite phrase it like that, but <laughs> I, 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 I'll take it on the chin, and uh, how... I, I, I stand by you know my choices. But it's always interesting to hear what other people have got to say, and. Uh, I have been taken to task a few times, but I've had lots of very positive feedback too. Well, the big question I have before like we start getting into it is what is the list of? Is it a list of a top 100 extraordinary films, as it says on the page? Sure. Or is it a top 100 influential movies? Or is it a top 100... It's a, it's a good question, and it's... it's uh, there is no... My, my short answer to it is that I wanted to put together. It, it the narrative changed a little bit. It, yeah. it, 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 uh, so I came up with the word extraordinary because it seemed like the best of the of, of a bunch of adjectives that I had yeah. that didn't seem so uh, uh, appropriate. So I, when you're putting these things together, you really are uh, have limited time to just put something up. Yeah. And I think by the time that I realized what the list was, it was already, I'd already named it. Yeah, so yeah. there was that. So I could understand there was a little bit of confusion in terms of customer feedback because they're not quite sure what they're exactly what. Well, I gave reasonably specific criteria yeah. to, to, to expand on this idea of extraordinary. But I guess there was, I tried to explain it in the, in the notes that I put up that was to say that in the end it ended up being you know what was representative of 30 years of being in this business right okay so i think the word representative which is a very neutral word and is not not not, not so clickbaity as extraordinary uh but it was kind of in the end it just ended up being a kind of a combination of those things and both extraordinary and uh and and representative and it's really grounded in being a video store and like that kind yep. of perspective which yeah. is which is yeah yeah because i went over it with a bunch Fine of tooth comb well a bunch of other theater students we were sitting in you know the workshop at the back of 77 working on projects and i sort of read from 100 up to one um and as we went along you read them out yeah and, and, and everyone, everyone sort of gave little bits of feedback here or there. Most people were like, oh, yeah, that's fair. Or oh, that should be higher. That should be lower. Yeah. But there were maybe like four or five where people were like, what? <laughs> mm. Um, mm. So this mm. is a group of 20-somethings, mm. mostly guys, but there was there was, there was yeah. was a girl there as well. Yeah. Um, and basically the first one where everyone went, what is he on about, was when you put There Will Be Blood in the, like, 
mid 50s right which mm. is maybe the first top 100 and like since it came out that has put it lower than the top 10 <laughs> sure um yeah so i don't know if you listened to the last episode of the i haven't podcast. yet right okay so the has this come up so yes it has <laughs> uh, yeah but, but uh the short version is that uh that there will be blood was in number one on the guardian yeah films of uh, the past 20 years yeah best films whatever adjective they use and um yeah to be original and i uh <laughs> what happened was with that because i'm not the biggest pt anderson fan i really let the the feedback that customers were giving uh, shape that decision yeah so uh and what happened was this was very controversial i ended up um, posting magnolia quite early on in the process oh and then there was a controversial switcheroo that happened um, at the end of the process where the staff that were gathered here all thought that there will be blood should trump magnolia even though magnolia had f- quite a few more votes in terms of the feedback we were getting. Does well, the thing is, you? you don't like Magnolia. Like, the, you've talked to me in the past about how but you... I, but, I, but I put it in there yeah. because I was I had five or six people who put Magnolia in their list. So I thought, okay, well, I'll put yeah. that in as the... I wonder if it's... The there's almost like a little bit of, like, 90s bias in some sense with, like, this 30 years thing. You like, haven't listened to the last episode, have you? No. <laughs> so, um, no, there was... Um, to, to reiterate, there was a consciousness about that yeah and so i tried where possible to include films that were not from yeah. the 90s so if there were directors that spanned uh, um, that uh, that were suspended over those 20 yeah. or or three decades then i where possible would go for a later choice you know if it was on the line yeah so an example might be Lars von trier where i put in dancer in the dark instead of breaking the waves for example yeah um uh, the other one of the other kind of controversial ones well, mm. was was um boyhood in mm. the sense that you cheated and you put the full lord of the rings trilogy in there mm-hmm. so we were like well why okay. is why isn't the before trilogy in the slot right. because they're just kind of phenomenal and sure you know boyhood is mm. an interesting experiment mm. and it's mm. it's a pretty good movie mm. but it's not the before trilogy sure yeah i think that's completely valid <laughs> uh, i mean it's a, it's valid in one sense in that i agree with you i think i think it's uh, uh i'm not a big boyhood fan yeah no yeah so um and you you, um, you sort of you said to me once you were like this is this is me quoting andrew from like a year ago mm. you were like boyhood is is it's not great because it's a, it feels like a side project and it was a side project and that if it had been like his you know his kind of focus you mm. know over that time or at least more so it would probably feel like a stronger movie that, that's great you see i can i can just get you to start quoting me exactly now and, and it just gives me a rest from exactly that. you know <laughs> i can we can write the andrew film canon um Yes, you're starting to worry me, Jack, the way that you actually do mem- remember all of these things that I've said about movies. And, uh, the fact that Magnolia's yeah. weepy. <laughs> I did not say that. You said that. No, no. I'm not going to give you too much credence, actually, on that. Uh, I think you can misquote me very easily, but I think the general gist, the gist is that you understand, you know, you, you remember the conversations we've had. 
Um, so I I think that it's a uh, I, I I just could not put in one of those Lord of the Rings films. It yeah, just felt weird, especially to put it up so high. Yeah. So I felt that, and and, and you could say that it was um, local bias. That if Richard but Link, it's, it's Richard Linklater lived, um, you know, uh, local ten bias miles is kind away. of important to a certain extent. Well, so that's the that's the difference. I mean, I um, also, to Boyhood's credit, he was doing something that nobody had done before. Yeah, that's true. And so I think it deserves, yeah, credit for that. And uh, and it was representative of Linklater. Um, weirdly, with the uh, the before trilogy, yeah. as you call it. I really like the middle one, but I'm not huge on the other two. Oh, the middle one's the best one, far yeah. away. Yeah, um, it's it is a, a really nice film. I mean, it's you know, it works. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's wonderfully short as well. It's yeah. like it's like eighty minutes yeah. or something. Yeah. Look, if it was a personal list, I would have been there. <laughs> I would have been, but it wasn't a personal yeah. list. It was it was a pseudo personal list and that that's what's interesting about it because the other thing on there which i'm sure must have troubled you on some level was putting gravity at number yeah 10. it did actually yeah <laughs> yeah and not mm. putting mm-hmm. e2 mama or children of men or roma or even i don't yeah. know harry potter 3 <laughs> you know and, and instead it's a quran movie sure um yeah that was tricky because uh, i know there are a lot of gravity haters out there I uh, didn't get to see it in cinema, so right, that sort right, of colours right. me as yeah. a gravity underwhelmer. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Children of Men got a lot of votes, and that could certainly be in there. But weird thing about that film is that it has that one very memorable scene mm. uh, that that is that one shot that takes place inside that moving car that that. That's your memorable scene. That's the one that I remember. That's interesting because yeah. that was the other than there will be blood in a room full of like six or so twenty somethings. Mm. Children of Men was the one that had everyone in the room. Like, what? Why isn't this there? Right. And sort of when we were talking about it, and when I've talked about Children of Men with other people, mm. it's more the tracking shot in the stairwell at the end that people remember, right. and Michael Caine's whole strawberry cough thing yeah you know that yeah. sort of sticks with people sure um i remember it as being just a really solid film that was eminently recommendable to people yeah. to customers but it, it's not a film i uh i just thought it was a really good genre film the thing about gravity was just the uh culmination of all of those skills yeah. kind of coming together so i felt that Yes, there is corny sentimentality, you know, in the film, and there are certain things that oh, really would that happen? Because it's quite realistic. Otherwise, it's not yeah. a you know supernatural or it doesn't have fantasy elements or yeah, it's almost borderline science fiction, isn't it? Well, this sort of comes into you being a Nolan fan and being big on buying into the rules of the world. And, yeah, but you know, but what, one could say it's a scaled down Nolan film because yeah. it's kind of plausible. Yeah. But then there are certain things that happen that are not plausible. I think so, that's fair. So so so, so yeah. it's kind of like oh, how can you have your cake and eat it too? But I just think that the artistry of uh, of um, that's that seems to 
well is evident in all of Caron's films, but yeah. seems to really just crystallize in that film. Um, I but think yeah, seeing it on the big screen, I grant you, yeah. is a whole different experience. I think that's an interesting generational thing then, because yeah, because Children of Men is such a kind of tentpole film for mm-hmm. the, the very least university students yeah. at the moment that it's yeah. interesting that it's it's, yeah. it's different yeah i mean the hundred i could easily rewrite it yeah. in different order so it turned out to be a little bit unwieldy in the end especially putting in together the last oh yeah uh, the, um, the way i put it together so i for those that don't know had a hundred spaces and then each day I would put I would fill in like a advent calendar but it would be random it wouldn't be in descending or any other order other than kind of random reveals and then so to get really the last 20 in place required a lot of compromises because I'd already placed certain films here or there so it actually is um so it is imperfect in that way not that it list is ever perfect i mean you should look at the guardian list i mean there's there's a you know it's got ted on there i mean yours does have dumb and dumber at number 24 (laughs) i I am not even going to uh, to debate that ted i just said ted yeah ted is an even odder pick than dumb and dumber it's It's, what is it doing there well a it's not funny (laughs) but this is where we could bring in our friend mr tubbs Oh, because he's got some opinions about both those movies. So shall I? Yeah. Shall I tell you what he have you look, he has said? Have you got the review for Dumb and Dumber as well, or just here? I do. Oh my god, really? I do. Did you predict so, this was going to happen? I, 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 well, I, I made a note of certain things. <laughs> now, for for those that don't know, um, Tubbs is. Uh, well, do you want to tell them a little bit about what you've done before we start talking okay. about Tubbs' okay. reviews? So, um. Our video's website is interesting in that it allows users to create an account and create sort of tweet size reviews, like maybe even slightly smaller than a tweet. Um, and there are like four or five people who use this prolifically. So when you look up a movie on the site to see if they have it, you'll almost always see a review by like Wisms or Gen X Girl or, you know, there's like a tom or something yeah we don't have a huge number of users yeah okay yeah thanks this wasn't me calling out your lack of user base it was more being like (laughs) you have adamant fans you know who um review a lot of movies and maybe the best example of this is tubs um who (laughs) as i last checked has reviewed i think is is it is it seven thousand no it's five thousand nine hundred Five thousand and sixteen, I think. Yeah, uh, films. And what's interesting about Tubbs is not only that he's prolific, but that he is totally his own person, and his reviews and his taste seem to kind of well, and seem initially unpredictable, mm. and they seem to fly in the face of every sort of expectation of film criticism or film enjoyment <laughs> that, that even more than me is what you're saying oh yeah you know i'm tubs as a hundred <laughs> films would be fascinating <laughs> um so yeah when esteban and i were browsing your site and found tubs it was just a rabbit hole and once we discovered that you could click show all on your website and it was possible to just sit there for f- two minutes and wait for the site to load 5,000 reviews and just I haven't tried them. clicking that button that, uh, 
for fear it might break the site. <laughs> Anytime your site is broken, site is broken in the past like two years, it was probably me doing that. <laughs> but it's really effective in terms of control effing, like as in find. So that sort of allowed me to search for phrases he uses regularly oh, yeah. and sort of start to get a hang on the tub's yeah. vernacular yeah. and try and get it. Which you can only do if you render one page, 5,000 yeah. reviews yeah. on one page. Because then it will search mm. through all of the that, words. That's right. So would one of those words be... Um, I had one written down here. Uh, no, I don't have it at the, at the ready. Sorry. Puerile? Thanks. <laughs> this is this is this is one of the big tubs works. Um, puerile, uh, soapy. Uh, um, I'm trying to remember more. Mm, whenever there's too. whenever there's like a, a documentary about politics or about uh, climate change, it always finishes with bastards. Yes. File under crime. Yes, I've got one here actually, which is for the film um, End of the Line, which is about uh, overfishing. Oh yeah, and he's given that five stars. Oh and yeah, his review is assholes, <laughs> which is pretty priceless, isn't it? Oh, it's fantastic. So, you've made a movie about this guy. Yes. Um. So, how did that? What inspired that to, so, to happen? In my last year of high school, I wrote a short piece about tarts in my English class. And then uh, in the first trimester of this year, I took a documentary course um, taken by Terry. Um, and it was Terry Jutel, or however you say his name, um, which was really interesting. And one of the sort of final assessments of that course was to make a short documentary. So I was like, okay, I kind of already have this sitting here. And I feel like I, I've only got like five minutes to tell the story. I think I could... I think I'm an expert on the subject <laughs> to the point where yeah. I could write what you know. I could exactly. I could have a lot of fun with this, um, and I could do it quite quickly because I left <laughs> I left it quite late <laughs> um, in terms of uh, the assignments. Mm. Um, well, you can't tell because you did a really good job. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so. So you've uh, you've made this film called Knowing Tubs, yes. which is effectively about uh, your you putting together an assessment about a person that you don't know and yeah. you've never met, yeah. and to try to get a profile on this person. Or what was the, the thing was is I had already over the course of those couple of years obsessed over Tubbs so much that I had sort of kind of built this picture of him in my mind and I thought A, that picture was interesting in the sense of like uh, there are lots of documentaries that if I'm honest I haven't actually got round to like Crumb that kind of Hmm. are on a similar vibe Um, but also like I could simultaneously make a documentary about what a creepy arsehole I am (laughs) in the sense that I have obsessed so much about this, that that's is sort of a parallel mm. to Tubbs obsessing over films. Mm. But isn't it, doesn't it stand to reason that somebody that posts 6,000 reviews on a site wants to be read and that's presumes true. that anybody reading a review will click on and have a look at what else that person uh, thinks? Well, that's what's interesting to me, is that the... How do I say this politely? Like, 
the Aria video site kind of feels like screaming into a void. Like, <laughs> you couldn't have come up with something more polite than that. <laughs> yeah, well, in terms of like, how do you, what do you, what do you think that my, that's my daily existence? <laughs> <laughs> well, in the sense that like, this man has spent countless hours writing these little reviews of all your movies mm. for an audience that if he's mm. just going off based who posts other reviews yeah sure consistently that's, yes that's right is maybe five people yeah well, you know it's a few more than that but yes and he I don't know if he has any perspective or idea of how many people read them mm. and I don't surely the guy doesn't assume that someone mm. would go through and read all of them no he wouldn't but I think there's a certain um feeling that um, once you post reviews yeah. that you're getting you know becomes a habit and you become almost a sort of checklist that I've seen this and I'd like to comment about it so I understand somebody that watches a heck of a lot of movies yeah. would uh, would want to express that in some way well the interesting thing about it is he writes like he has a reader base or if mm. that in, in the sense that like mm-hmm. he will so not only will he repeat the same sort of phrases, but mm. he'll, he got, he gets to a point where he sort of assumes that you kind of know his taste with some things. Right. Sure. Sure. Which I find really yeah. cool and interesting. But I think one, even if one is talking to oneself in yes. this void that you uh, <laughs> mentioned earlier, uh, that there is a certain clarity, um, yes. you know, self-clarification about what, the way that you view the world, the way that, you know, what your taste is. Yeah. And to write it down somehow brings that, you know, into sharper relief. Um, but I would say that, uh, no, I mean, he has a much bigger audience than five people because, in yes. fact, you'd be surprised it's not really actually the people that are also writing reviews on there. I have um, walked into Slow Boat, you know, who use our, our site regularly to check up on the availability of of films mm. and he's and, and dennis said to me i think it was who's this tubs <laughs> you know so and more than one person has said that to me uh you know randomly I, uh, because they've, they've seen the site because his site i mean we only have close to twenty five thousand films on the site so it's like and one in five ha- that's right more than one in five <laughs> that he has commented on and just sitting here looking around this room and thinking like one in five is ridiculous it is if you it's, assume that everything here quite is like two hours long. It is. Yeah, exactly. Um, so just... Um, anyway, you made a delightful, entertaining film, Jack. So you, the next thing I think was that you that you came to me and you said, I've made this film and um, have a look at it. And I finally found five minutes to, to watch it. <laughs> and once I did, I was, you know, I was, I was delighted. I thought it was a really... Uh, intelligent and entertaining and and it, it, it was really you know it, it exhibited great storytelling so I thought yeah you've got you've got something here and uh, and I found it really um, really interesting mm. um, being uh, be, me being the third person uh, involved in the in, I even get a little uh, oh yeah I make a little cameo appearance the uh, format of the documentary about... is is like a clipboard and I have a little image of andrew that i just found on google images yeah, that's right. <laughs> um yeah. it sort of opens with me sort of giving a little bit of exposition about the whole context mm. of the thing yeah which is which is a really nice part of the movie so anyone that hasn't seen it i'd recommend it and we'll put it up on our 
Facebook yes. page and maybe we'll put it up on our homepage. Ooh. But the only reason that we're really talking about this today and yes. that I'm suggesting that uh, customers can access the film is because um, I was a bit concerned about what Tubbs actually thought of the idea of us talking about his, uh, his, his reviewing and the film that you'd made. Mm. And uh, I was sensitive to that because Tubbs is, in fact, um, one of the best supporters that this store has ever had. Oh, I imagine. <laughs> yes. So he's not uh, somebody that's just in isolation and has uh, really come out of nowhere. And, and uh, if you like, uh, um, what's the word? Uh, um, you know, gazumped our, uh, our, our site. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's somebody that has... Um, rented and bought films for almost the entire 30 years that we've been around. So an incredible dedication to, to film, uh, to the love of film, and cinephilia. It, and that shows mm. in his reviews. Like, sure, it, it's easy to be flippant about, but he, he writes with a genuine love of the stuff he's watching. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. And it's true, he does have some controversial opinions and or, or even if they're not opinions just some controversial kind of um ways of expressing himself and sometimes he's even contradictory like so i've got an example of this i don't know what examples you've got but that was one thing i was conscious of was that sometimes and i and in researching for this interview mm. i've actually combed through nowhere near six thousand films but a good few hundred to give yeah. some examples and um, I actually only found one contradictory one, mm. uh, um, and uh, and that that was say a two star review for the Mel Gibson film The Patriot, and we, but his his review says uh, stirring stuff. It's a privilege to be allowed to see it. So there's a fairly. Oh, I think I think he's being sarcastic. You reckon? Uh, he he's obviously <laughs> anti-establishment, anti-American. Like, right. he consistently is talking about, like, um, you know, how much he loves these kind of political documentaries. Yeah. And it's an American movie called yeah. The Patriot. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But sarcasm in micro-reviews. Yeah, well, it's very subtle sarcasm. He's, he's also oh, kind of got that with, with, well, I've got one here. I just, I just love, he's got all these little zingers. Like when on my most recent peruse, I just found all these fantastic like little like blam one liners. Mm-hmm. Um, one that's uh, quite a positive review for him because it's three stars, and his sort of average is two stars, and anything above two is great, mm. you know. And he mm. he really likes it. Mm. Is it's less sarcasm as much as it is just funny. His review of Raw, right. the um the mm-hmm. French coming of age cannibal movie, which is three stars. The screenplay has plenty of meat to it. And much of it is fresh. <laughs> right. Or mm-hmm. um, Skyscraper, two stars. It provides employment for people, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. He does have a sense of humour. Yeah. Um, and, um, but just going back to our, our uh, top 100 and, and you... you we were arguing about Dumb and Dumber and you were um, the false equivalency with Ted. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and I know, I don't have the Ted review here, but I know that 
Tubbs dismissed it as pure oil with one star. Oh, I'm yeah. not, you know. I believe that. Yeah. But the Dumb and Dumber review, Carrie turns my stomach. <laughs> However, I tried to look for other positives, but struggled with the infantile gags. <laughs> That's another Agree, though, that this is Carrie's funniest vehicle. The star, i.e. the one star, is for Mike Star, an old favourite. Um, so... That's that's it's confusing. Good, yeah, but it's at least it's a um, intelligent review. It's only one yeah. star. It's a film I put in the top one hundred of our thirty years. Thanks, Steve. And um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to call him Steve on this, but anyway, um, the other one that actually made the top one hundred in a similar genre. Mm. Which was one that was, I think, our staff just kind of made a plug for in our on our podcast episode, which was Borat. Oh yeah, well that's that's like a iconic sort of film of the generation to a certain sure. extent. So you get give it the approval. Well, that's... Tubbs says it's also stomach turning, <laughs> and I get that as well. Mm. You know, but um... all I'm saying is, firstly, I don't think we can trust Tubbs on Jim Carrey. Because right here, I've got his review of one of my favourite movies, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Mm -hmm. which he gave two stars. It's a very good plot idea, but its delivery is too arty for its own good. You would expect better when you have the acting talents of Winslet, Wilkinson, and Ruffalo at your disposal. Sure. Again, it's a very cogent review. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just think he's wrong. You think he's wrong? (laughs) He is wrong. He is wrong. But at least he puts it eloquently. No, he does. Yeah, he's put thought into it. I think he's really good at communicating. Like, I think in in a very short period of, like, words, you can get exactly what he thinks of a film, which I think is impressive. Well, I'd have to say that he gets a bit of a bad rap because a lot of the comments that are made about his, his... uh, reviews or comments mm. are um, are ones that are tend to be short and pithy and either intentionally funny or unintentionally funny. Sometimes mm. it's hard to discern, and uh, and so his his more th- uh, thoughtful reviews mm. tend to be a little bit overlooked. It's kind of like if he says something sensible and and it makes sense, you kind of don't notice it so much. Well, yeah. So I so nobody says to me, "Oh, Andrew, have you seen Tubbs's review of such and such?" Um, so have, just you, a, have you got a really good review there you want to share? Yeah, I've got a few examples. So <laughs> I, I noticed you were saying that he gives an average of two stars to yeah. a lot of films out of five. Mm. Um, and I noticed when I started paging through i ordered them in star rating yes. order so you have the five star reviews first and i counted uh 75 films he has given five stars to as many as 75 75 out of six thousand is still pretty that, sparing that, isn't it 75 is impressive to me just because of scrolling through yeah and how well, it's not many few you see it's 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 just over one in ten isn't it like i think he's given it's like the godfather and it's not one in ten. It's just a one. In, it's just over one in one hundred. Yeah, one in one hundred. Yeah. Um, it's... So can I tell you what he gave five stars to? Yes. Just um, so, two thousand and one. Yep. Greece. Yep. Uh, and stuff like Studio Ghibli's Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, man loves his animated movies. He does. So he's a big Ghibli fan, or Ghibli. He's also a big Pixar fan. Yes. Uh, so things like Up and um, 
I think Wally got five stars. Mm. He's also big on Mike Lee. Yes, Grown Ups is yep. a five star. Yeah, um, Topsy Turvy yep. as well, and Jacques Tati as well. So there's some really good stuff, right? He's got in his canon. Mm. Weirdly enough, as in a surprising reviews, these he's got two stars. Vertigo. Very slow. Stuart struggles and looks uncomfortable with the romantic scenes. Novak as a concrete post, which I think is awesome. Casablanca, uh, three stars. A couple of good show tunes. Um, most of the um, uh, the good parts of it come from the excellent supporting cast, as one of the lead actors looks to have been run over by a bus. Right. <laughs> Now I have to tell listeners that you've just quoted that off the top of your head. You it's, didn't. You it's didn't not verbatim. That. It's not no. verbatim, but that is yeah. just from memory. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, no, I mean saying Novak's a concrete post is surely just having a bit of fun with it, isn't it? I, I reckon. Mm. And I, that's him. But that's him saying, saying Bogart got run over by a bus as well. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But he's also playing devil's advocate. Isn't oh he? yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think he, I think he loves being a bit controversial. Yeah. So he gave two stars also to Manhattan. Oh, you know, the unimpeachable <laughs> Manhattan. Opening shots of Manhattan, the highlight, but they're ruined by a whining narrator. The whining continues throughout and is no help to a thin screenplay and characters. Keaton and Streep deserve better. Another Allen project where he casts himself as the romantic. So okay. okay. Begrudging here's of Woody here's Allen. the thing, like. You know, Manhattan has a lot of great stuff to it, but is he wrong? <laughs> like, to a certain extent, like Diane Keaton does deserve a lot better, and Woody Allen does whine through the majority of that movie, um, despite how beautiful it is. He loves Diane Keaton. Anything sure. with her in it, he will he will just praise. Oh uh, well, there you go. You see, that's where the yeah where the resentment lies. It's it's her and it's Daniel Day yeah. and it's any of like the yeah. big British ones. You know yeah. Gary Oldman. Sure. He, he also gives two stars dismissively to The Graduate, which is more controversial <laughs> than Manhattan. I mean that's yeah that's tough. That's a hard one. Yeah. Uh, he does say um, there is one memorable line in the script from a character who works in plastics. There is great future in plastics. <laughs> And it's got one of the better soundtracks. <laughs> so, um, another thing that he does, he, he puts, oh, just from our top 100, so he's full approval for Pulp Fiction, uh, yep. five stars. Unforgiven, five stars. I mean, um, so those were there. Wasn't so keen on Hateful Eight, though. Did you see what he said about that? I didn't. I'm excited. One star. Oh. This indulgence is a world apart from his classic. It just drags and gets boring. It loses a star because of the violence meted out to Jennifer. I, I, rem- I remember reading that, actually. His one stars are really interesting because that means he... Hmm. There's something in it that really pissed him off. Because hmm. um, most things he'll complain about and won't drop it below a two. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean... So there's a strong moral... Yeah, Fiber. I think he's got... Streak. Well, I've got the vibe that he has a very strong moral code mm-hmm. in the sense that he's so big on these these documentaries. Mm-hmm. And he's really... He has an issue with bio, bio, biopics or anything that's um, a recreation of a historical event. 
mm-hmm. because he he consistently says it should have been a documentary because this isn't doing justice to the actual events and documentaries have value as historical resources, mm-hmm. which I find interesting. Yeah. Um, it's an argument. Yeah. It? Yeah. Yes, I did read one that he did of uh, uh, a film called United, uh, 2011 film about the Manchester United uh, football team in the 50s, oh. who, most of whom were killed in a plane crash. And he, so that was a, you know, a pretty pretty decent, reverent biopic, but he gave it two stars and said exactly the same thing. Yeah. Um, he said and, that about Spotlight as well. Right. Which I thought But I think that there's a, the counter-argument is, of course, that it brings the story to a whole other audience who wouldn't watch a documentary on such well, a subject. The and thing I, with yeah. documentary is, is that saying that you could make the argument, and it's kind of a bit of like a airy-fairy kind of university argument, that documentaries aren't on any level inherently more true than a fictional take on things because every documentary is just like a different lens on something and no matter how well they do it it is filtered through one person and they are choosing and selecting things from you so every single viewpoint of an event is relevant even fictionalized Mm. ones Mm. and i think they all have their merit that's true but i i think tubbs would have probably agree that that uh you're given a lot more license in yeah. the dramatised version to do whatever the heck you want. I think and, we're getting away from that. Mm. Or I think the really good stuff is. Like, mm. I think, like... Yeah. Well, people are getting good about putting a line in the sand about what's true and what's mm. not. Like, Zodiac or, like, Mindhunter is an example of something that's trying to be more historically accurate and being quite clear about what's mm-hmm. fictional and allowing you to enjoy mm-hmm. a narrative that you are buying into, but you can quite clearly know what's real and what's not yeah yeah um for sure just real quick um i am part of the victoria university of wellington film society uh and every week uh, after we watch a movie we'll play one of a few games and we'll give away a couple of movies we buy from here and one of these games we play is called the tubs game and basically what we do is we... It's it's a riff on Leonard Malt, on the Leonard Moulton game by Doug Loves Movies, where we will give uh, the members of the club a um, review from Tubbs the year the movie came out and the rating and the genre. And then we'll go from the bottom up through the list of all the actors that are built on your website mm-hmm. in it until someone guesses it. Sure. So because of this, there is a group of like 10 to 15 people at Victoria University of Wellington, who are very familiar with Tubbs's reviews, right, <laughs> and right, I and right. quite a big fan of them, you know. And yeah. I asked them before I left. He's got a serious cult developing. Oh yeah, I asked mm. them before um, I left what their favourite reviews of his was, um, and one of them, my friend Tori, said his review of Crazy Rich Asians, mm. which is just the word soapy, <laughs> mm. <laughs> which we thought was a lot of fun, and someone else said his Minions review, um, four stars. Excellent, but more importantly, very different characters add to its appeal, <laughs> which is still one of the the most beguiling yeah. <laughs> of his reviews. Mm. Um, and then finally, someone sent me this review after um, Robin Hood, two stars, the 2018 one with mm. Taron Egerton. I'm not sure how they came up with the title, but they had to call it something, I suppose. <laughs> 
It's brilliant. <laughs> Which is so funny. Yeah, sure. Which is kind of similar to the skyscraper one where he says yeah. it gave employment. Yeah, yeah. So, no. I'm, 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 I feel like I know Tubbs a hell of a lot better than even I did. And I've been serving the man for 30 years. Yeah. Uh, just talking about him. Um, so... Um, so that means this uh, Tubbs has generated quite a bit of traffic on our website. Oh, he has. So yeah. uh, because of all this um, underground activity. The one other thing I want to shout out about Tubbs, which is maybe one of the greatest moments of my life, was when I got an email from you after Tubbs had seen the film, um, in which, on your request, he'd written it a review which is still one of... I mean, maybe the best piece of feedback or the most exciting thing I've ever had happen to me, <laughs> which was three out of five stars, which means my film was phenomenal. My film is as good as Casablanca. <laughs> and um, it said, uh, snappy and to the point, or something something along those lines. Hold on. Right. Um, and I just... Oh, <laughs> oh that's great. I... Um... I'm glad I made your day. Oh dear, that day, Jack. It's 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 nice to know that my first attempt at doing anything is is better or as good as Casablanca. Certainly. I mean, really, it's only up from I, here. I know that's right. Um. <laughs> well, I'm thinking, where do we go from there? You know, it's all downhill. Um, hold on, I found the actual review here. It's just it's a snappy and to the point. Three stars. Snappy into the point. Oh yes, as he often is. Yeah, very good. So, what's next uh, for Jack McGee, student, filmmaker, film lover? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to. I'm making a, another short documentary at the moment uh, mm-hmm. for a different course, which is uh, essentially a friend of mine and I. Dressed up, to the, dressed up as each other for a day and swapped places. And I went to all his jazz music classes and went back to his flat and he went to all my theatre rehearsals and went back to my house. Right. And we had someone following each of us with a camera. Right. And um, we, we spent the day doing that and I felt really not great about it. Right. <laughs> In yeah. the sense that I was like, I didn't really set a clear vision to whether it's a film about people reacting to it or whether it's a film about us. And I didn't really... I felt really uncomfortable about the whole process of dragging people with us. So mm. today we just had a big round table sort of discussion, which mm. we filmed of us sort of talking about it, which I'm now going to go edit mm. tomorrow um, mm. and use that to frame all the footage. So it's sort of going to be a movie about how we all reacted to the process of making this movie that yeah. will probably not exist, but the footage from that will go into sure. this. Yeah, I can see that playing out in the way that you've described it. It does sound... Yeah, conceptually really interesting, yeah. practically really tricky. Yes, and, and it's uh, and, and but I like the way yeah you can just um, pivot if you like uh, your, your idea to to take yeah. what it is that you've come up with based on actually what happened. To make it trickier, it's a five minute sort of limit, um, and it was a forty minute conversation. So right. it's I'm sure you mm. Um, mm. know the pains of editing down a lot. That would be very yeah. difficult. Um, but there's some interesting stuff in there and there are some really good shots of, for instance, when he came back to my house dressed as me and the bald cap and the glasses, 
um, and my mum sees him for the first time, and the footage <laughs> is is awesome, hysterical, yeah. and extremely painful. <laughs> right. So I don't know what this other chap looks like. But, um, but he's. That, but would would he be as as uh, distinguished looking as you? Uh, he's uh, got to his own family, or well, to his flatmates, flatmates definitely. He's mm. got quite long hair and a massive beard, and right. um, yep. is a lot shorter than me, and. Right. So I was wearing a wig and a beard for <laughs> the whole thing, and his clothes, which are quite yeah. large on me. Yeah. So, but you must have enjoyed playing with that idea. Uh, I enjoyed yeah. moments of it, but yeah. I'm not a very good actor, and right. it sort of felt like a continual reminder of the fact that I'm not a very right. good actor. Because right. whenever I'd run into people, it would be me repeating the same three phrases. I know he's yeah. Whereas right. yeah. um, <laughs> his footage, so is you became a wind-up toy. It pretty much. It pretty much became. Yeah, friend. me walking over to people and going, "Mate, I don't believe it." <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, in yeah. response to things. Oh, that sounds good. So there was a there was another uh, uh, idea that we had related to our yes. video, wasn't there? Oh, that would that would have been great, but and I understand why it hasn't. Sort yeah. Of... So should we quickly? talk about that just to just well for the, hell the of idea it. was a sort of like buddy cop documentary in the sense that Estevan and i would tag along with simon uh when he goes and knocks on doors our staff member simon yeah. uh, yes the, mm. the lovely simon who is, is sort of like andrew's foil <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i i i was worried about patronizing you on this <laughs> on this interview and i've just been defensive the whole time <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm sure none of these other um no. guests have got oh my you god my reputation is uh, <laughs> um no and in, in the sense that simon is a great lover of genre films sure. and yeah. stuff that andrew would refer to as gonzo right. um but no, so the idea was is that Simon, Esteban and I would go around and knock on people's doors and ask them to return their late movies, which is a job Simon described being quite key in, in the sort of older days of our yeah, video. Yeah, and yeah. he sort of mm. talked to us about some of the weirder experiences he'd had with that. Mm. And I think that was maybe... Well, that was going to be more Gonzo, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, well, you, there you go. A, a Gonzo documentary in which you're playing off real characters that are put in this... Yeah. But the sort of, I think the ethics of it and the fact that we don't live in the kind of world that Simon used to do that in anymore mm. was sort of a lot of the reason why mm. I know he wasn't super keen on mm. doing it. Yeah. Although yeah. one day Esteban and I are going to mm. sit him down and we're going to be like, just talk to a camera and tell stories yeah. <laughs> about you going and doing this. Cause yeah. I think, that I think you're really right though. That seems like a good reason to to have not pursued it for, for that reason that yeah. it is, is uh, anomalous rather than being kind of a cultural norm I suppose you yeah. know and something that people can relate to mm. so, um, so uh, hmm. and in the sense that yeah it's it's it would be tough now and you wonder how much the humour would there would be there and mm. how often mm. it would just be awkward without mm. being mm. Sure. fun <laughs> um, yeah yeah so you've, you've pushed the envelope far enough. Yes. Especially after switching places for a day, I feel like I'm, I feel, I felt gross enough doing that. Right. That the idea of intruding on complete strangers' houses would be mm-hmm. a bit much. It's because Tubbs's moral code has washed off on you. <laughs> and 
you are. Now that I think about it, I don't sound like a particularly ethical person because yeah, the yeah, three yeah. things we're talking about here are stalking this random dude through the internet, you know, intruding into someone else's life without telling everyone. <laughs> and telling me that I'm shouting into a void. <laughs> no. that's so just, just out of interest, um, uh, Jack, Tubbs has registered 5,900 reviews. Just curious as to how many reviews you've registered. Oh, um, we yes. briefly we briefly posted a few reviews, you know, when we first started attending. <laughs> yeah. And probably, probably about 20. All right, that's all right. That's not bad. Um, I was going to ask, so when you are uh, being a... Uh, having a huge appetite for movie watching, mm. do you catalogue the films that you watch? I... Not until recently. Well, okay, mm-hmm. so... For a while I kept a list, and then I fell off that. But recently, I have become one of the my, many mindless armies of white males using a service called Letterboxd. Yeah, sure. Um, yep. Which is just full of people hmm. cataloguing the same Tarantino movies. Um, sure. But <laughs> it's, um, it's quite a good tool um, yep. for yep. keeping an eye on what you've watched and yeah, making sure. a watch list. Track. Indeed. Um, so yes, and my I'm I'm only on like nearly two thousand, and that's just what I can remember. So I'm sure right, there's sure. more, but okay, I'm nowhere near tops. Okay, so you've clocked up nearly two thousand reviews. Well, ratings. I ratings. Haven't, I haven't typed reviews. Haven't typed I've just reviews, been like, right. okay, yeah, I like this. Yeah, this is yeah, yeah, yeah. good. All right. Mm. Well, thanks for coming on the program and talking about no worries knowing I, tubs or not knowing tubs you know i i hope your ego and can take things. uploading this or... no i can <laughs> so there was one other thing about knowing tubs was that there was um because we do know tubs you yes. were worried about us giving you too much information while you were making the film yes because um i i <sighs> Because I already felt weird about knowing them as much as I did, the closer and closer I got to feeling like I actually sort of knew him, the the weirder it got, and also I felt like that kind of killed the point of the movie. Yeah. Um, I, Simon told me one thing, which is hilarious. Well, that's in the movie, isn't it? It is. Oh, yeah, well, we'll save that for the movie. <laughs> we'll save that for the movie. Hey, great talking to you, Jack. Thanks again for all your support and your enthusiasm. Yeah, no worries. And, um, talented filmmaker in the in the making. <laughs> um, Thanks, Jack. you enjoyed that and thanks again to my Aru colleague Svenda for recording that episode. Now you may well be wondering what the mysterious Tubbs thinks of all this. You know what he thought of Jack's film so we thought we'd give him an opportunity to respond to this conversation as well. Uh, Now we were hoping we might be able to get him to say a few pithy words on air but as I suspected he politely declined that offer. But he did respond by email with these very nice words that he was happy for me to read aloud on his behalf. Words which I will leave you with until next time. Uh, And I quote, To Jack, Tubbs here, three stars for your entertaining and good-natured podcast performance. 
well done as it rates just as good as Casablanca and better than Citizen Kane. Have a great future in film, Jack. And to other Ara Video friends and supporters, if you don't already do so, how about reviewing your watching? The more reviewers there are will mean that our individual biases will be compensated for resulting in a more accurate assessment of a film's worthiness. It's a pretty good way of finishing a viewing experience, and by providing feedback, it's another way to support our video. And to Andrew, he says, One of the great positives about our video is your practice of not making false claims about a film to promote its sale. Indeed, our view can be very critical of a, of a film that it has for sale or rent. This is particularly commendable when you're working in a threatening business environment. I do have to say I'm tempering that instinct to be critical and tend to uh, uh, say, say, say little, say less when you can't say something nice. Um, he also says thank you Andrew for the opportunity for members to have a say through the rating and review system and for your liberal attitude toward what this sometimes entails. Congratulations on 30 years and have a great 31 and beyond. And to you, Stephen, I would just like to say that it's customers like you uh, that have made our business what it is today and um, have been able to thrive and not just survive. So thank you so much for your dedication and your contribution. It is truly valued. Ara hanui.